We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Everybody, Steve with Sesfidelia coming at you once again with a familiar face, Aaron of Tradivox. But this time we're talking about a different one, Benedictus. So, Aaron, welcome mm. back. Thank you for doing this. And how you been? I'm well. Thanks for having me back, Steve. No problem. No problem. Full disclosure, it was his call. I said, hey, you want to do something on Benedictus? And full disclosure, I haven't had it. He sent me a couple copies and... Uh, my wife uh, won't let me uh, take them any, won't let me look at them right now. So she has them. <laughs> it's in her purse. I can't even show you the copies that he gave me because, like I said, nice. she's confiscated them. Uh, yeah. She loves it. So tell us, Aaron, uh, what is Benedictus and why is it important for people? No, it's great. This So we do, as you as you know, we, we're running the Tradivox Project. This is 20... 19 when we first reached out to a number of different publishers for the catechism series we got some up here somewhere there you go the book series but we needed somebody that could do a, a full you know 20 volume set and, and wouldn't kind of uh, shy away from the idea of reclaiming traditional catechisms uh so uh, sophia press was was uh was the most interested which we were we were happy to kind of partner with them for the hardback side. So, so they started doing that about a year into that, uh, partly based on the response they got to that, that content, they reached out to me and said, you know, what about doing a, a, uh, kind of a daily, uh, you know, disposable pocket size resource just for focusing on, you know, living a, a, a traditional Catholic life, just with daily devotions, the daily mass content, this kind of stuff. Um, you know, do you think it would work? And a lot of people know there's been attempts at that for the last 15 years or so. I mean, 20 years, um, a couple of different outfits have tried something like it. Most people will compare it to Magnificat, if anybody's familiar with that. Mm -hmm. uh, some of your, some of your um, audience might be familiar with that. And it's, it's similar in, you know, size and, and structure. It's a, it's, a, it's a paperback. It's about 400 pages. Ours is a little bit larger as we, we just pack it a little fuller <laughs> of, uh, of content. And then, of course, the, the biggest difference is just the actual content. It's patterned on the traditional mass, the traditional calendar. Uh, it, it follows the Roman breviary, so the, the classical breviary. And it's just daily. The idea is, you know, have enough content to build a devotional life around uh, in, the, in the same way that we would have benefited from really the faith of our forebears and, and some of the classical theology, you know, this, this kind of content. So we, so all of it is curated from uh, classical authors. Of course, there's uh, meditations every day. There's excerpts from the hours of lauds and vespers the, from the Roman breviary for each day. Uh, there's the mass of the day. And uh, especially for folks that are new, 
new to the uh, the Latin Mass, we've got the full you know Latin English for all the Sundays and major holy days, uh, and then with all the proper's placed already. So I could maybe we could pull it up like a real close up here. So this would be a good example. So you get a you get a day with the full Latin English as you go. You know some of the rubrics they're not technically rubrics. We'll, we'll call them that. But uh, directions. You know here's what's the priest doing. He moves to the gospel side and so on. But then it also has the propers already placed uh-huh. for the day. So instead of somebody who maybe they walk in and they've, you know, they've never held a missile before and look, it's got all these ribbons coming out. What do I, which, which end is up, you know, kind of a deal. Um, you can just pull right to the calendar day. It follows the lunar calendar. So you open it to that date and it's a, just a direct linear read through all the propers are placed um, without having to flip and, and page jump and, and uh, you know, ribbon, ribbon swap, uh, even though, course i love that and, and many of us love that uh so it's 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 great for that um yeah it's not hard for anybody that. that's been there before but rookies yeah i can see them being a that's little... right you know all the, all the rookies out there yeah no it, it's it's great for a, a kind of a handoff too we've we've gotten this feedback a lot that folks will do uh even parishes sometimes now they're getting boxes just to have at the door you know month to month for somebody that comes in kind of sight unseen because it's it's a great handoff for that reason probably why your wife still got one in her purse you know <laughs> and uh it's because you can you can it's it's a great um amount of content for just jumping in in a non-threatening way to you know what is this whole kind of traditional mindset catholic thing what what is this uh, about and it's just it's just that content it's just the sources you know themselves so so we do a lot of special sections in there too, you know, stuff on Catholic customs, uh, different aspects of uh, Catholic culture, living living the faith in the home, you know, ideas for extending kind of the liturgical life into households. Mm-hmm. Again, stuff that we pull from uh, from authors, especially in the early days of uh, the the liturgical movement. Uh, you you had actually a lot of great content in that vein of of folks that were really trying to do that work not not change not jettisoning our our sacred rights and our our patrimony uh but rather kind of onboarding tools to help us penetrate those more deeply i mean so garanger of course the great favorite of, of many of ours um he's featured regularly uh but i, I mean the, there's just such a list so so that's what that's what it is it's just it's a it's kind of a daily drink you know, deeply from the sources of uh, uh, scripture and tradition and trying to do that in a way that's, it's beautiful. So we, we have a big focus on the typography, uh, the layout is all, we, we try to emphasize the beauty of the content itself, you know, the, the pricelessness of this content with a more beautiful typesetting. Um, and, uh, and then the art, of course, too, I mean, it's all, it's all old masters, you know, whether it's the cover or there's a lot of interior engravings uh, even the ornaments, like something like this. So the ornaments are all borrowed from uh, like the old Benzinger missile prints or um, or even the altar missiles and these kind of things. So so we've we've tried to make the bar very high from a, a beauty standpoint uh, and then also just the content to be uh, classical, to be really engaging. Um, and in some cases, a little hard hitting, maybe a little convicting uh, in places. But it's uh, but it is. It's that's that's the intention is to really allow the tradition, similar with the, the Tradebox project, allow the tradition to just kind of speak for itself. Yeah, like the like the first time I got it was when you sent it to me, and I was oh, yeah, it's good that you had the uh, 
prayers that people could learn at the beginning, not just the Mass ones, but the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, Creed, things like that. Uh, hope, my full disclosure, I gave my idea of putting a, uh, what do you call those things, codes, so you could put your phone over the thing, and so maybe a video will play, so it will sing to you or whatever to get the language right. That's my that was my two cents on his two cents. He's, he's already he's already digging in. <laughs> QR it codes, is, yes, it is. It's a, it's a good idea. We we've had a lot of interest in uh, having more, even like video tutorial type stuff, uh, yeah. kind of in some way synced through the resource. We we might go down that. Um, we're definitely going to do. We're I mean already working on kind of your e-reader version, um, but there's a lot of folks they want to get. Uh, the, it has audio book, you know, this, this kind of stuff. I, oh, I should say it, it has been ex- surprisingly, uh, explosively well received. I mean, we, we had a hope for, so we have two issues in print. So our, our second issue, you know, just came into print. We were hoping for, uh, I mean, our sustainability goal, like anybody knows a print resource is difficult <laughs> to sustain over the long term and this is and this is why none of these attempts in the past have worked i I know of at least three uh where they've they've tried to do something like this a monthly kind of a periodical that gives you portions the mass the breviary uh meditations from the saints um this this kind of content and none of them have made it go uh because it's it's hard to keep a print resource just viable um so we we wanted to kind of have a have a really clear benchmark of the subscriber base we would need you know <laughs> to to make it go and so our goal was well by the time we have one issue in print uh like after that first issue goes out by the by the second issue we want to have a kind of a threshold of 5000 subscribers which is a, a decent number for um that that was enough to kind of cover our bases you know uh, we, the word got out about this. I think it was, it was Kwasniewski or, or, or maybe somebody on your channel, Steve, or maybe it was you, I don't know who it was originally, but it, it kind of leaked out like <laughs> that, that this was in the works. Uh, and nine weeks after that, we had crossed 5,000. <laughs> so, so this is, we're, we're approaching 9,000 subscribers already with two issues in print. Wow. Which is which is awesome, yeah. So yeah, I like to I like to take credit for that, but no, I didn't leak out anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I I won't accuse you that. Yeah, it was it, it was it was fantastic. I, I think the um, and the mode proprio too. So this is this was just one of the funniest things in terms of divine timing. You know, we our first issue came out. It, it started it started shipping like two weeks before the the mode proprio landed. You know. And uh, and we had several people have asked like oh what happened you know with with the mode appropriate did it hurt the Benedictus you know you lose subscribers and said well we we lost about so two weeks after I just I went and checked about two weeks after the mode appropriate we had lost about twenty subscribers we had added like six hundred something <laughs> and I I said I think it may be. This is one of the better advertisements for the traditional mass, you know. So I jokingly uh, said Pope Francis has been the best evangelist for the traditional mass that we've ever had. <laughs> it could be we and we had some we had folks even writing into us saying that like uh, uh, like I I I love and am devoted to this more now 
you know, after after this mode appropriate has come out, like it's it's helped me see the value, you know, more more deeply. So, how many does is there a lot of trad parishes that like I don't know, have these out there to give away or give out, or is uh, is it more like more just everyone got their own bringing subscription, or is there parishes that have hey, you know, like the red books, I'll buy a hundred and we'll give them out before mass and just collect them back. Yes, both both and we we started doing the uh, a bulk subscription rate for that reason. We had several parishes wanting to do and, and private chapels and things wanting to do uh, just a box of them for for take home copies, not even, you know, leaving the pew because uh, they do there. You know, it's a it's a monthly resource. So they but they wanted that just a regular churn of you know certain amount of, of copies they could leave in the back. So so we did we did a bulk uh, rate for that. I think some are are just families <laughs> that are big. <laughs> big families got to get their bulk rate, you know. So, so we uh, so we do we we do a bulk rate, but um, far and away more common to have the kind of individual subscribers, and then and then um, folks doing them as gifts also, you know, for for others. You can subscribe somebody else, kind of a thing, you know, to to send it to them. And we've we've actually heard frequently from folks uh that that respond to us or or send us emails or call whatever uh saying that they're using it as a kind of a, an evangelization tool for not just the traditional mass but for uh, just tradition more broadly i mean we because every issue you know we're trying to put in portions of uh catechesis on uh, perhaps some contested points of doctrine might might show up you know here and there <laughs> Um, and even the daily meditations, of course, how the how the saints and the fathers uh, and the doctors and schoolmen, how they write about the, the not only the liturgy, you know, our, our worship, um, but also the, the dogma that is shot through the traditional mass, you know, that that any convert will tell you. And we've heard this a lot from subscribers that are converts from Protestantism uh, because of the traditional mass. And they'll and they say that just I mean ad nauseum is just that uh, we we saw the doctrine in motion in this in this mass and realized you know well this you know, mass is a sacrifice that it is propitiatory living in the dead that uh, that just all all the Catholic dogma is is built in to this particular uh, rite this this form of worship so so it's a great tool for that just as a handoff you know take it home it's very non threatening you know it's nice to look at maybe you'll maybe you'll kind of learn something, pick something up. In fact, we've got subscribers that aren't, that aren't even Catholic. We've, we've heard from folks that are uh, outside the church and they just said, well, this, this looked like, you know, I wanted to learn more about this old traditional Catholic thing. And so yeah, I, I picked one up just to see how you pray, you know, how, how this, uh, how this looks in action kind of a thing. So, so it is, it's great for that too. What was, have, what has been the, like the, I don't know, coolest story you've heard back from somebody that's uh subscribe that catholic non-catholic but probably from a non-catholic uh what is some feedback you got it from them oh so much feedback we uh golly where to start so when we first announced it we were we were inundated with feedback just from the the idea of the thing like just that that we were undertaking the project it's leaked out and we were just buried you know people we've been waiting for this for years uh you know we, we hope it hope it succeeds you know we want to help all that um but way more impactful at least at least for me and, and some of the others on the team has been we sent a survey out uh just after the first we, we were right at about eight thousand subscribers and we thought we should just learn more about 
about these people as, as a, a little bit just anonymous kind of, uh, you know, don't share private information, but but give us some demographic info. You know, did you did you grow up with a traditional mass? Did you uh, do you go to it regularly now? Do you you prefer it? You go to it exclusively now? Uh, have have you benefited from it? Uh, what are your th- what are your thoughts on the uh, the motor proprio? You know this kind of stuff. Hmm. So we sent one out, thinking we'd get you know a typical survey rate the response rate is like ten percent, right? So yeah, yeah. so so we thought you know we'd we'd get that. We got almost almost thirty percent uh, response rate, and it was it was over two thousand people, and uh, and over a thousand wrote in like their story. It was just totally un. We just left a blank one at the end. You know, anything else you'd like to share? They were all yes or no questions, you know. And then it was anything else you'd like to share? Just open forum, and we, I, I, I have, I have hundreds of pages <laughs> of, of uh, content from people. I mean, I've, I've just been wading through it, and, and um, it is so moving. I mean, some of them are heart wrenching, like so sad. Uh, as I'm thinking of, there was one where a gal wrote in and said. You know, I, I feel deprived. I I was never told about the traditional mass, you know, grew up without it. And and uh, after my daughter kind of came of, of age, was a teenager, I think if I had known about it, she would never have left the faith for Islam because her reasoning to me was that if this is really, if, if this is really God, you really believe this is God that you're worshiping here at, at the Novus Ordo, uh, then, then I don't want any part of that. This isn't even, this isn't even reverent towards a supreme being, you know, and, and she left the faith for this, you know, and so here's this woman writing in, like, I wish I had known about the traditional mass when, when my daughter was still at home, you know, so, so terribly sad thing. And then people that are, are now separated from it, you know, we had priests write in, uh, my bishop is, is, uh, you know, has given me express order that I can no longer train in the traditional mass, you know, priests that are, are trying to learn it, uh, that weren't also weren't formed with it, but are trying to learn it now. And, um, but asking for prayers, you know, and, and encouragement, and then, uh, and then all the way to the other end of people that are just, just over the moon, you know, people that uh, maybe maybe they just found out about it, the traditional mass, and, and they love it, or just tradition more broadly. Uh, but then those that have have made, I mean, moved heaven and earth to access the ancient mass and the sacraments for for decades. You know, these these are the folks that have done the. The mass rock done the basement mass you know this this kind of stuff for um yeah for decades and, and just all of these stories and everywhere in between i mean there, there's some amazing feedback the converts especially that that kind of uh touches me uh personally i'm, I'm not a convert but i uh but i've 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 helped a number of folks kind of come in just personally that in our circles that our families interacted with uh, to, to come into the church and those are always the stories that i just find the most moving for whatever reason, you know, uh, and there are so many, I've got, I've got 80 pages just of stories from converts that, uh, that came in. And I, I mean, I could read, so I've got some handy. If you, if you want to hear some of these, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, throw up, throw up one of the stories. If you have one near you, I've got one. I, I was just, I was just pulling these up in a, in a, uh, a spreadsheet because I was, I was sending out, uh, some of these comments. So I had some here. Okay. So my family and I are converts from devout Protestant evangelicalism. And I doubt that my adult sons would be practicing any faith today if it weren't for the traditional Roman rite. Same with my son-in-law. I'm a Baptist. These are all different ones. I'm a Baptist convert. Came for the beauty, the glory of Holy Mother Church and the TLM. 
It was rarely until last month even offered in my parish in Maine. Uh, but now my soul is filled as I'd hoped it to be. That never really quite happened with the Novus Ordo before. Uh, another one, my wife and I are converts from Protestantism. Coming into the church was the single most important thing God's done in our lives. And second was finding the TLM. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, just page just stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and, and some that haven't converted yet. So here's one. I, I plan to convert to the Roman Catholic Church and want to attend the TLM regularly. Uh, I'm a convert to the church through the traditional mass. My first encounter, I didn't understand a word the priest was saying, but I knew I was in the presence of God and I felt that he penetrated my soul. I literally fought to come into the church. My family abandoned me, disowned me, as well as my friends in Protestantism. I've now been attending Latin Mass. I was brought into the church on All Saints Day. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm a convert from Mormonism. Born and raised. I always wanted to be Catholic from when I knew Catholicism. Uh, <laughs> I'm still learning from hearing, reading, and doing. But I didn't join the faith to be a Protestant. I joined to be a Catholic. <laughs> so I love the traditional Mass, you know. Uh, it, was, it just goes on and on. Yeah, somebody asked me that. The, I was on. I think I can't remember which show. It was a buddy of mine. Char oh yeah, Charles in New York. Uh, Charlie in New York. So got, uh, and uh, he was asking me about how I grew up, and I said, "Yeah, I grew up in a an old parish and didn't know anything else." And I just remember people trying to hold your hand during the Our Father. And you're like, "Man, get off my hand! Forget it." <laughs> what is this kumbaya? But. Um, <laughs> Or the only sermon I remember is a uh, uh, father talking about Mike Ditka. Yes. Dick. <laughs> I kid you not. It's the only one. I remember when I was sitting during it because I was like, what Ditka? <laughs> We're talking about the Bears now? Okay. I mean, they're not my favorite yeah. team, but I'll listen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's. this is the kind of the kind of feedback we keep getting from, especially from, of course, from converts. Yeah. Because they, they've lived that, you know. It's like. They, they uh, frequently they'll make that comment specifically of you know I I, I had the the happy clappy meet your neighbor you know uh, man man centered and what kind of worship is relevant to me I I got all that yeah got that you know check that box they do it uh, better <laughs> right yeah and even better and uh, I like I had one one fellow said to me um, if I if I wanted if I, if I wanted a uh, a Christian rock concert and a TED talk, you know, I, I, I would have stayed, uh, I would have stayed evangelical or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's to the point. So who, uh, what kind of, uh, how would you say endorsements have you had? Endorsements, a lot of the usual suspects, of course, um, the, uh, some, some fantastic priests, bishops, uh, laymen, the I think we put most of them now on the on the site on the, uh, the Benedictus site. Probably one of the more I think uh, apropos, given our currently historical situation, has been Archbishop Vigano. His his uh, his Excellency. We we had kind of reached out to about the project itself, and um, this is again this is back in when was it November uh -huh. uh, or December of last year. And uh, when when it was still kind of in the works, and His Excellency's response, you know, was was uh, of course a, a glowing commendation, but uh, but also putting it in that context of a, a a remedy, you know, really a remedy that that the more more we're able to share the worship of our forebears, uh, it's it's just that whole lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi thing. You know, we we really do. Uh, experience the shaping of 
this right, its own power to kind of form us and, and make us like Catholics, make us think like Catholics, make us act like Catholics, or it should, right? It should, at least it should. So, so he, he was, um, of course, very encouraging of the project. Um, of course, his eminence, Cardinal Burke, uh, it, who, who we continue to pray for, uh, for his recovery. And um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now, as I don't even have them all. Uh, the number of fraternity priests, institute priests, um, the the response, of course, from uh, kind of exclusive traditional mass parishes and chapels has been has been very good. Uh, you know, whether it's society or, or uh, institute fraternity, you know, good good shepherd, all of us. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's enough recognition that it's the kind of tool we've wanted for a long time. I mean, that a lot of us have wanted a something that is physical. For one, it's it's a physical copy. You know, not because there's apps galore, right? For find your find your church father for the day, or you know, all this stuff. But um, something that's in physical copy, I can you know, I can keep it at the bedside. I can keep it at the at the dinner table. We my family we use it a lot. Just uh, at or around dinner for a table reading uh like uh, for we, we do the kids that have them there or part of the catechesis we kind of we're able to weave some of that in since it follows the liturgical calendar it's that's helpful for us but uh so there's a, a lot of us that have wanted something like this kind of this the swiss army knife uh thing that has a lot of application outside of just the mass um so i, I think there's kind of a ready uh, receptivity, you know, to the to the resource itself, even before it came out. In sales, you always prepare for somebody to, to, to give you a negative response. So say I have a missile, a regular old missile, and I said, no, no, I don't, I already got one. I don't need this. What would your response back to that be? Uh, well, I'd say good, good for you, right? I mean, everybody should have a an heirloom quality standalone hand missile at least one per per household you know um and yeah no no question and this isn't intended to be that it's it's not intended to be a replacement um the idea here is that unlike a missile uh you can pack a lot more content into a recurring monthly resource uh and that's the idea is that you've got not just it's it's because it's not just a missilette that's what i really want to avoid you know as folks thinking this is a missilette um, it has the content of the traditional missile for the day, the mass of the day. Uh, but then it also has, right, the breviary content. It has a daily meditation from a saint, doctor of the church, et cetera. It has catechesis in it. It has Catholic culture, Catholic customs. It has the art, you know. So naturally, we can fit more in a, a recurring resource like this than a hand missile. But um, And there are some, I mean, we have heard from some that they, that they prefer this. Uh, to a hand missile at mass, but those are mostly the folks that are either they're still trying to learn the ropes like kids. This is great for kids to, to kind of train up to a hand missile. I use it with, with uh, several of my younger children that um, it's, it's really handy for them to learn the difference of what's a proper, what's an ordinary, oh, this goes there. You know, it's, it's kind of a live action, you know, uh, a tool for that at, at mass. Um, so, so there are some who will prefer that. I think, I think the majority, of course, myself included, will will always prefer a, a hand missile for mass. But that, that's not what Benedictus is. <laughs> and unlike a missile, you can add, maybe like I'm just ideas, butlers, 
uh, different saints that's since the missile that have been added to the calendar. You can even include, I know this is terrible for some people in the trade world, Novus Ordo Saints. No, he said it. <laughs> you can add their stories in there. There's a great website I get my uh, that I, one priest sent to me with all these, you know, thirty saints that are that nobody even knows about from the twenties and tens, nineteen tens, and things like that. But anyways, but you can add more every year to the product instead of this is basically concrete; it can't be changed right now, right? Well, and we can also avoid the the unfortunate controversy that surrounds any living person today. I mean, th this was something that we we wanted to focus on right out of the gate was that we we didn't want any living authors. Uh, so so Magnificat, for instance, uh, is is almost all that you know all the the longer kind of reflections and meditations. I haven't looked at one in years, but um, but the uh, you know you might get a, a month where it's. Sister Dorothy at, at wherever, and who knows what's what's going to be Sister in there. Sister Short you know? Hair with yeah. the varicose veins, yeah. Well, yeah, well, and and to the other end of the spectrum, you get some that are, uh, maybe they're just so forthright about some uh, uh, point that they're, that's a, that's a totally Catholic position, but somebody who's new to, to the ball game and reads that and says, well, who's this so-and-so, you know, out there, he's got some kind of, He's got some kind of politic thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can make the exact same point with the exact same content from somebody who's been dead for, for five centuries, you know? So, uh, so that's, that's the aim is to, we, we want to curate these authors that have, that are, are venerable and, and proven sources um, from, from the tradition itself, you know? So, so that's, at least that's, that's how we're leading. And that's been a, a really regular point of feedback from folks is that they appreciate that. You know, they, they, they want to know that they're not going to get Joe Bob Lehman in his, in his computer, you know, who's, who's a theologian because he, he read a few things online, you know, and, uh, he thinks X, Y, Z. So, um, so that's, that's been a, a big help. The, the other thing is sharing some of the lesser known, let's say, um, texts from our tradition, uh, especially from papal documents. So we had one section, there was a lot of interest in this section on, um, we're, we're calling it the apostolic encouragement uh, page. And it's just, it's one page, so it's, it's very brief, but it's, a, it's just a hard hitting uh, excerpt from a, a, a Pope of centuries past um, we may broaden it out to, to bishops, but there's just no end. I mean, there's so yeah. much manuscript tradition we had to draw on. Um, and, but this section is really geared to be that. Like, how, how did popes speak once upon a time about the faith? About, <laughs> Anathema sit! <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's, um, it's an eye-opener. I mean, we, like, we let in, you know, our first full issue, we let in with that, that, an excerpt on, uh, well, uh, things like, the universal apostasy, uh, things like the, I mean, it was all Pius X talking about uh -huh. one world church, this, this, uh, this order that would have no, uh, no God, no morality. It would just be built on human fraternity and these kind of things. And you just, you're, you know, so some folks are going to read this and is this commentary, you know, on recent news and no, it turns out this is, this is a century plus, uh, ago. And, um, but this is how, this is how Catholics think. You know, this is how Catholics pray. That's the idea with this resource: is to 
to just just do a lot of uh, broadening of horizons, a lot of uh, sharing just all of the wealth of, of our, our patrimony, you know, as much as we can get in there. Yeah, I joke saying that we should be the best plagiarists of them all because <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun. Oh, it's it's totally true. And uh, in fact, there's one I'm really excited about in January. We're going to add a new section that's all medievals. It's it's um they've never been translated before. We 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 partnered up with uh, is a translator in in Spain currently, and I think another in Canada that um, that have been pulling these these medieval liturgical commentary. So, so in the, in the high middle ages, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle of commentary that the, what they just call the mystical commentaries on, on the right itself. So even independent of uh, say the, the, the lectionary texts, the, uh, the epistle, the gospel, every little gesture, every little sign of the cross, genuflection, kiss, turn, you know, the, the direction of the hands, all of these things, as you know, are filled with mystic signification. Um, and the High Middle Ages was like the pinnacle of commentary on on those portions, on those aspects of worship. And so we've got somebody now that, uh, or a couple of somebodies that are going to help us do proprietary translations from some of these medieval authors that have never been translated in English. And uh, and this this section is, I'm, I just, I geek out about that stuff. So I it is, it is just so powerful, you know, so you read these things, you say, well, this is a thousand years old. So this commentary is a thousand years old, and he's talking about a, a ritual gestures that I just watched Father do, uh-huh. you know, up, up in the sanctuary. I mean, it's it's very powerful stuff. All right. One more objection that may come out. You probably have had this happen. All right. Disposability. Since it's a week or a month thing and someone throws it away. You know, I've had people when they say, well, if I give a miraculous medal to somebody and they throw it away, isn't that how is that bad? How bad is that? Well, this got the word of God in us. What what do you say to that? Sure, uh, it, it is bad um, in terms of, of throwing away. Um, these are, of course, the most sacred texts in in our in our tradition, uh, the most venerable right in Christendom, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We there's but it's it's really unavoidable to have it in a soft copy. Um, I'm hoping for the day when when someone finally does a, a a leather shop and does covers for these, you know, the freestanding slipcover thing. Um, but I I think the we've tried to we've tried to well let me rewind. It's point well taken. Okay, that's the first point. Point well taken. The, these are sacred texts. They they ought to be treated with great reverence. Um, we have tried to highlight that in each issue. We put it right in the back cover. You know, please, what did I, what did we put in there? So right on the back cover before you get rid of it, right? And it says, every issue of Benedictus, it contains sacred texts. It ought to be reverently regarded as such. Please consider retaining or gifting this book or disposing of it by fire or burial, which, which is the typical practice for, uh, for for blessed items, of course. And and some will say, oh, you don't need to be so scrupulous. You know, it's it's not a blessed item. It's, it's just text. I, I kind of balk at that. I, I um, you know, St. Francis, of course, there's the stories of Francis would find scraps of paper on the ground and he would, he would bend down and kiss them because he didn't, he couldn't read. But what if this was a, a, a page from a missile or what if this was some text from, from Holy scripture, you know? So I think that's the kind of uh, default position that, that we ought to have with regard to uh, the missile. So for that reason, you know, we've, we've tried to emphasize 
the the beauty in the actual uh, pages. I mean, just uh, we did. I mean, we did gold foil and metallic ink for that. Reason, you know, stuff you never see in a in a disposable. For that reason, just to try and emphasize the the beauty of this content, and um, and to kind of then re-emphasize the sacrality of the content. And so we, so yes, I mean, point well taken is what, I, is what I'm trying to say. Point well taken, and we hope people will regard it um, with with that same kind of reverence. And we try to we try to bring that to people's attention too. Uh, maybe you could bring it like a goodwill store. Maybe they talk about evangelization. Maybe they pick that up and start reading it uh, one day, 10, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, well, and and as a handoff, I, I keep I keep coming back to that um, mostly because we've heard that from subscribers is. It's it's just, it's it's non-threatening, you know. It's small. It's it's lovely to look at, and it's very discreetly deposited within a, a jacket pocket or a, or a purse, right? And you just say, "Oh, here you go." You know, maybe you got a week left in the month, and uh, you've already got three issues at home, anyways. You know, and so you say to somebody, "This is this is if you're going to go to the mass, or or you know, there's a mass next." week because you have one every quarter or whatever you know at the cathedral you should you should take one of these along you know this will help you not lose your place if you're new or um, or again even folks that aren't catholic to just give them a a little dose you know of of what it uh, what it looks like for catholics to to pray and believe you know in this way how to order how's how's people go about ordering it's all on the website it's the praybenedictus.com Benedictus.com and um, and they have they have a different track for parishes you know or or large families of course too mm-hmm. uh, but because we do want to make bulk rates available for people we just we want to get this out you know so um, yeah it's all on the website very good Aaron anything else you can think of that uh, you want to get out there for people thank you you covered it you, you grilled me really well too which I appreciate on, <laughs> the, on the objections well let me let me think of another objection though while we're at it so um the the question of what to include <laughs> because because this is a perennial objection and it will never be answered so i have so now i'm giving you the silver bullet the unanswerable objection right? okay uh because well we wish we could have more in there this we hear this constantly you know well put a put in some more votives you know we've got a whole section on votive mass like you need i i went to uh i i want the votive for um uh, for defense of the church, you know, against heresy in there. It's like, okay, well, you know, we, <laughs> we just can't fit it all. This is our biggest challenge is that 400 pages per issue is a pretty serious amount. Um, but that's, that's, a, that's kind of a red line for us. And if we're doing, if we're duplicating full Latin English, you know, every Sunday for, for folks to kind of have this, these regular benchmarks, um, which is a focus of ours, uh, we're just we're just maxing out our page count. So so I will give you that objection and say to anyone, we we want to hear from you. Of course, we want to hear what you want in there. Uh, we've tried to cover a lot. You know, we we do cover a lot, uh, but there's there's always more. There's so much out there. There's so much more. So so yes, we could always use <laughs> more and different content in the in the issues. Themselves. Maybe a special edition, votive the votive mass edition. <laughs> We're already talking about one as like a freestanding one that just has more fixed uh, content, like um, rights for uh, benediction, adoration, rights for uh, confession, you know, good examine, this this kind of stuff that could be kind of per- perennially revisited uh, issue. So yes, we're we're definitely we're taking all this in because we want. 
I mean, we want this to be a tool that we all can use. That that's that's the whole idea. You know, not not just for somebody who's uh, a, a kind of a veteran lover of the the tradition, uh, the mass, etc. Something they can benefit from, you know, day to day, that their families, you know, their kids can benefit from. Uh, all the way to somebody who's totally sight unseen. They walk in the door. What is going on? You know. We, so we we want to have that kind of uh, availability in in each issue. So so it is. Just, it's a, it's a work in progress. We want to hear a, we want to hear from everybody. I was just thinking of a section. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Yes. In fact, we have one. It's called the Did You Know section. <laughs> and in every issue, we do you know nice big pictures. What are those things up there? What is that big piece behind the altar called? Uh, oh, that's a rare doll. So, what is the, what is that priest wearing? Oh, well, this is a maniple. It does this. You know, these are the prayers for vesting. You know, so we, so we're trying to do that in every issue as well. But yes, you bring it, bring, bring all the feedback, all, all the interested uh, charitably. folks that want to see. Charitably, well, Char- even uncharitably. So, what are you going <laughs> to? It doesn't bother me. Uh, we would love to. We would love any and all feedback. This is this is part of I think the work is building a bit of a a, a platform for one uh, for other Catholic publishers. So one thing that we want to do is feature uh, the, the smaller Catholic publishers that are doing reprints of awesome traditional works. Like nobody in their right mind would have gone and tried to republish uh, Father Himon's five volume commentary. Okay, that just you're not going to find that in a major printer, yeah. but but some of these smaller Catholic printers are like, I can't believe that this <laughs> this is out of print. Nobody's ever done it, and they'll do it. Those, those are we want to connect with those people. We want to we want to say, here's an excerpt for the day from that work, and it's and it's a beautiful work, and we want to send people over there and say, look, they they all, they have this reprint. Um, on the other end, we want it to be a platform for folks who, of course, being exposed to content they they never would have heard otherwise. Uh, and then on the other end, having uh, really allowing them a place to share, like we did with the survey, even mm-hmm. uh, their experience and just just giving these people a voice. I can't tell you how many pages I've got of folks responding that way about the mode appropriate, just saying, well, we I was never consulted, you know, <laughs> but, and, and are we chopped liver? I'm out here at this parish that has grown. I've, as some of them said, our parish grew 10 times the, the mass attendance. Mm-hmm. In the last half year, tenfold increase in attendance at this mass in the last year, and they're and they're saying, is this is this disunifying? Is this a is this really at the service of souls to uh, restrict this this kind of growth where folks are having conversion? You know, they're coming to know our Lord in a deeper way. They they want to worship Him, you know, with all that they are and have. You know, their families. I mean, many of our of our uh, subscribers talking about how their kids just didn't get it before, and now they get it. It's like they came to this mass and that was it. That was all they needed. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is what this is all about. Uh, that was about my so this, first time doing it. I just it was in a gym. Just imagine wow. a yellow painted gym, four walls, and there was a stage. And father, now at the seminary, the server was now is now a priest, and my brother, he's now a priest. He invited me to it, and I'm going. There's four people in this gigantic well gym. This is ugliest sin inside here, but that is. That's amazing. Whatever's going on up there is amazing. It just made sense. I'm thinking, yes, uh, wow, what if this was in a really beautiful looking place? What would it look like? <laughs> what would it look like? That? No, it's true. There's there are many people that 
that testify that way. Mine, mine was the total opposite end of the spectrum. I had the good fortune of stumbling into uh, Pontifical High Mass at La Berue in, in France. It's one of the, one of the great keepers of the liturgical tradition. This was 2008, and uh, and it was you know it was three hours long. It was. Uh, and I just walked out of there blinking, like, what just happened to me? I mean, it, you know, and uh, and it felt like no time had passed. You know, it was it was just it felt like moments and it had been yeah, like three, three something hours. And but there are so many who that's that's their experience. Mm -hmm. And there are those who I mean, we've got we've got feedback from some that say things like I, I went a few times and hated it. Like just just what what is going on up there? you know there's it's so off-putting it's so it's so different right it's it's so different from anything i'm used to um and then it was just a almost i think almost without exception maybe without exception those kind of stories when when those folks made a decision to commit to it just independent of their like usually the reasoning is something like this is the only semi-reverent thing i can find mm -hmm in in the you know in a in a three hour radius or whatever um it's usually after a commitment of the will uh even without love without affection let's say without affection for the right itself almost immediately following a, a commitment of the will there's this aha thing that happens and and i've i've yet to find somebody who can explain that you know from a an, a kind of a an affective point of view, but Aquinas explains it really well. So I mean, when you when you elect to place right worship as the the principal moral act, which it is, so this is the principal moral act, the principal act of the human person, uh, which is offering to God right worship. And let's just let's just pretend that the traditional mass, which has been that for so many centuries, is that. Uh, we'll just say a classical right, a, a, a classically developed, uh, organically grown, uh, Holy Spirit inspired right of worship over the piety of centuries. If that is in fact such an act, then of course, if you opt to, if, if you elect to offer that in with the will, it's going to make all of these other things make sense. You know, your affectivity will be rightly ordered. Your passions will be rightly ordered. Um, you'll be able to think more clearly. We hear this from a lot of folks. I don't know if, if you even notice this or, or know people who've said that, but I, don't I hear think that so. a lot. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you're already thinking perfectly clearly, so from, from the get-go, so that's fine. But, no, but nothing goes on inside these <laughs> in between the ears. Oh, I, I, well, had a, I, I had a yeah. priest uh, had a great one of you know back in the. You know, 40s, 30s, before then, yet you know, beer was tasting great. He was making comparison with beer. Yet all these different yet beer, the, the taste buds were up there. And then all of a sudden in the 60s, 70s, they had these, the big guys came in like a monopoly and you got this bland taste. Everything was the same. Miller Lite, Bud Light, Budweiser. It all tasted the exact same, kind of bland. And all these little microbreweries started pick, coming up and it had your taste buds weren't used to it anymore. So you had to give some people time to get their taste buds back to tasting what good beer tasted like. And it starts sprouting more and more as the days go by and the years go by until it's all over the place. Now there's microbrews here and there and all these big cities and small cities have this. And some people reject it because they don't like the way it tastes, but the good stuff is out there and everyone's having to really reset their whole body for the, taste of some what what good tastes like again 
And mm. he was, we're sitting there going, you're talking about the mass, aren't you? <laughs> you, you? You forgave him the profane analogy, of course. <laughs> well, we were at our brewery at the time, too. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that, that matters. That's, that's good. That, oh, it is. It's, it's uh, I mean, of course, every analogy limps, but it's, I think that is a big part of it. Because uh, folks realize in pretty short order that the, the, the mass is not just a, a, a thing that you do you know, on, on Sunday or, or on any day. It really does radically reorient uh, your your person. I mean, it, or it should, you know, it, it should reorient your priorities, your um, just, yeah, your, your thought processes, what you what you value, you know, what you're committed to, what you're serious about. Um, it does have that effect. And I think I think folks realize that. Uh, and I and I have heard from people that that was the reason that they waited so long was that they kind of got an initial taste and then they kind of, it was like the, the thought process went on and they realized, wait, if I really, if I, if I kind of dig into this, and it's like any convert story, if I really dig into this, it's, it's going to mean I need to change some things. Uh, and uh, It's and, funny how that then, works that way. It is. And it's, it's, it's dogma in motion. That's why we love it. All right, so I know we're doing this in October, in August, and I don't want to time the video to be something like in December or January next year you can't watch it. So you got October coming up in Lepanto. There's something special in the, that ep, that edition coming out, correct? Oh, yes. Yes, well, it's, it's of course, the 450th anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto. Uh, so we are... We are highlighting that in that in that issue. So far, it's my favorite. So, so we uh, d disclaimer: we work. Uh, I mean, it's not a disclaimer. It's just it's just normal. This is normal uh, periodical work. You have to work like you have to work like six months in advance, you know, of, of your issues in terms of the content because uh, there's 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 so much involved. I mean, we've got because now we have. I mean, there are folks international, several different countries, so we're doing international periodical postage, all this stuff. And so, uh, so we have to work several months out, uh, from issue to issue. And, the and the October one so far is, is personally my, my favorite because we, every issue we get to kind of, we have to, we're, we're necessitated to, uh, focus on some, some feasts more than others. We just, you know, we, we can, we can dig deep on some, we can highlight some. And so of course, October, you've got the great, uh, the kingship of Christ, um, and then a, a nice kind of pairing with our Lord's uh, kingship, heaven and earth, is is the actual historical event of the Battle of the Ponto, and then of course with Our Lady. And uh, so, uh, yes, the readers can be excited about that issue along with me because we do uh, a lot on the traditional Catholic social doctrine. So we we hit a lot of those points in relationship to uh, Christ the King, of course. Um, what does it mean to have a Christ's kingship? This is not just an interior spiritual reality. Right? What does this mean in terms of nation states, in terms of uh, uh, political activity, you know, moral activity in the public sphere, et cetera, et cetera. So, so fielding some of those texts from uh, Leo the Thirteenth, Pius IX, Pius X, et cetera, um, as well as the kind of the the uh, the quas primas uh, uh, highlights, you know, the, the goodies from that. Which again, a lot of this is totally news to people. Uh, so, so a lot of that content, kind of the Catholic social doctrine, uh, but then also the connecting point, being this the historical episode of of Lepanto. What does it mean to, uh, in fact, take up arms in defense of Christ's kingship? Uh, 
the uh, the the sacred sites, et cetera. And so so we highlight that a little bit. I wish I could I could get over there, you know, for because because they do the naval reenactments. You know, have you, have you ever gone to one of those? I or, had no idea they did that. No. Anything? Oh yeah, it's I have. So I have the furthest east side's been is Charleston. I haven't been across <laughs> okay. the pond. Well, yeah, I and who knows if any of us will ever be able to get across. Yeah, I'm the pretty, pond I'm again. pretty set on that. Yeah, I'm never yeah. going to be able to fly again. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Who knows about that? But but yeah, they do. They do the big. They be big naval reenactments. Wow. Um, and and uh, and this one's going to be. I mean, of course, barring the unforeseen variants of who knows what. Uh, they they at least were planning years ago and started planning for a, a real a real humdinger of, of a show out there for huh. the 450th anniversary do they and film that at all or yes there some of them they've filmed you know you can you can go watch them in in spanish or portuguese they're they're kind of out and about if you huh. if you go looking but um but you know they so they shoot fireworks you yeah. know at each other and stuff like that it's it's pretty cool they have the narration on the on big screens that project out like laser light show type stuff and Huh. Uh, but folks, can, I mean, you just cannot get get your mind around what that would have been like. You know, the the, the greatest naval engagement <laughs> between you know the, the crown and the crescent, the you know the cross and the crescent uh, in history to to a force that had never been defeated. You know, by sea. I mean, this, this amazing episode in our history. Um, so we we do we try to we kind of dig into that a little bit in the October issue, of Ponto. So I know you'll be a fan, knowing your your good uh, your love of of there's Our Lady a, and the uh, there's a Lepanto flag and up yes. here, that's uh, Our Lady Bombadina. <laughs> uh, oh yes, she's dropping bombs on the Turks. <laughs> oh, they're rosary beads. Yes, you know that. You know that. <laughs> I'm trying to find a better a high uh, high definition photo of that one, but uh, mm. yeah, no, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that one definitely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Aaron, appreciate your time, man. So go to PrayBenedictus.com. Check out Tradivox, too, while you're out there. Well, I got them on. I got to throw them a bone. <laughs> oh, we appreciate that, too. Yeah, the catechisms are still going strong. That that stuff, uh, we could do a whole show on the 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 the, um, the catechetical continuity uh, of the last millennium. And it's, and it's rather uh, uh, interesting development in the last five decades or so or we, can do, we can do that in a couple <laughs> weeks if you like <laughs> oh sure that'd be fun that'd be fun Eric, take care man appreciate it thanks steve